biology. 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 Hello and welcome to Long Read Sunday on the HSC Biology Podcast. Today's article is looking at bioethical concerns of using genome editing, and specifically the article is Bioethical Issues in Genome Editing by CRISPR-Cas9 Technology. So the article is really an up-to-date overview of the current state of play with CRISPR-Cas9, and it does a good job of going through the ethical concerns surrounding genetic technologies. Today's article is quite long, so probably, you know, meeting the requirements of Long Read Sundays, whereas my previous ones haven't been too long. Um, but this one has a lot to unpack, and I like that it really explains how the technology is being used currently and then goes into a bit more detail about the ethical concerns of the ways that it's being used and the way that it's going to be used. So I hope you enjoy this one today guys and um, yeah let's get stuck in. Genome editing technologies have led to fundamental changes in genetic science. Among them CRISPR-Cas9 technology particularly stands out due to its advantages such as easy handling, high accuracy and low cost. It has made a quick introduction in fields related to humans, animals, and the environment, while raising difficult questions, applications, concerns, and bioethical issues to be discussed. Most concerns stem from the use of CRISPR-Cas9 to genetically alter human germline cells and embryos, called germline genome editing. Germline genome editing leads to serial bioethical issues, such as the occurrence of undesirable changes in the genome from whom and how informed consent is obtained, and the breeding of human species, eugenics. However, the bioethical issues that CRISPR-Cas9 technology could cause in the environment, agriculture and livestock should also not be forgotten. In order for CRISPR-Cas9 to be used safely in all areas to solve potential issues, worldwide legislation should be prepared, taking into account the opinions of both life and social scientists, policymakers, and all other stakeholders of the sectors, and CRISPR-Cas9 applications should be implemented according to such legislation. However, these controls should not restrict scientific freedom. Here, various applications of CRISPR-Cas9 technology, especially in medicine and agriculture, are described and ethical issues related to the genome editing using CRISPR-Cas9 technology are discussed. The social and bioethical concerns in relation to human beings, other organisms, and the environment are addressed. For many years, molecular biologists have sought ways to use cellular repair mechanisms to manipulate DNA through genome editing. In this way, they would have the power to change the genome by correcting a mutation or introducing a new function. For this purpose, genome editing technologies were developed. In recent years, clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeat technology, CRISPR-Cas9, has become the most preferred method of gene editing. This technology has advantages such as high accuracy, easy handling, and relatively low cost compared to previous technologies, such as zinc finger nuclease, and transcription of activator-like effector nuclease, TALIN. Thanks to these benefits, CRISPR-Cas9 technology can be easily applied in any molecular biology laboratory. Genome editing technologies are used in the formation of human disease models in experimental animals and for the understanding of basic genome functions. They also have a great therapeutic potential for future treatments of untreated diseases, such as certain cancers, genetic disorders, and HIV-AIDS. Today, genome editing in somatic cells is one of the most promising areas of therapeutic development. 
However, various bioethical issues have arisen due to the potential impact of these technologies on the safety of food stocks and clinical applications. This review discusses the challenges, possible consequences, and bioethical issues of CRISPR-Cas9 in detail. 2. Biology and the function of CRISPR-Cas9 technology. So this section here kind of goes into the detail that explains how CRISPR works. Um, I, I think it's a little overcomplicated for a podcast. I think it's better if you guys check out some of the YouTube videos on how CRISPR works. The CoreScart one is one that I certainly recommend, and I'll post the link to that on the HSC Biology Facebook page. So we're going to move into the application areas uh, and how it's currently being used. So this is point three. So I'm not going to go through and read this word for word. I'm just going to explain some of the examples because they use, you know, quite complicated language throughout this document. Uh, but I do want to get to the ethical concerns at the end. So the first one they talk about is animal models and how it's being used. And it's being used to create knockout mice. Now, knockout mice are used uh, in order to move genes around and insert genes and take genes out and the current method of doing that uses transgenics and another method that's not very effective and so CRISPR technology has improved that considerably. They've also managed to create a knockout monkey which is very important because they're very similar to us in terms of their physiology and uh, their DNA uh, so that's a very important one. They've also managed to use it in specific tissues like brain tissue and liver tissue, which is quite often difficult to work with. Um, so using nervous system tissues, they've been able to reinsert some uh, modified cells into the brain of a mouse. In terms of uh, another one, multiple gene mutations, they've been able to mutate certain genes that they wanted to mutate. I'm not sure of the purpose of this one, uh, but they've managed to do that in rats and in zebrafish. Uh, for epigenome studies, which is the study of all of the sort of chemicals uh, and DNA that make up the way that your sort of DNA is put together, so the histones and things like that, and all these parts that can be passed on um, and potentially modified. So when we looked at this last week with Marcel Dinger, we talked about, you know, enhanced RNA sequences and sort of non-coding DNA where we were mainly looking at that gene expression. So we might be able to modify those particular areas of uh, long non-coding RNAs and enhancer RNAs and things like that. So CRISPR has been working in the area of epigenetics. Uh, treatment of disease is a big one. And there's a few recent studies that talk about what, what it's been used for. The first one is for developing therapies around Duchenne muscular dystrophy, where they were able to remove the protein that produces the condition. There's also studies on preventing and inhibiting AIDS by inhibiting the entry of HIV into cells or by removing the HIV genome, which is integrated into the host genome. They are also using it to produce stem cells in patients with cystic fibrosis. And finally, there's just a little bit of research on using it to treat Parkinson's and cataracts, but it's still relatively limited as we haven't moved that far ahead in this field yet. The next point is industrial use and how it's being used in industry, which for the most part is currently to modify bacteria to be virally resistant. Uh, to produce cheese and yogurt, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a couple of research reports about producing uh, GM crops. Uh, there's one about increasing the yield in livestock. And there's a couple about reversing pesticide and herbicide resistance in insects and weeds to prevent disease spread. 
Researchers were successful at preventing the spread of certain genes that are harmful in terms of malaria, and they made female mosquitoes infertile in the laboratory. And there's a couple of other examples of producing vaccines in a particular way that minimizes you know, risks associated with vaccines. The next point is RNA editing, and this is quite complicated. I'm not going to go through it. And the last two, we have military applications, which is interesting. This one talks about CRISPR being used potentially to minimize the damage to biological or chemical warfare, so potentially modifying individuals to be resistant to those particular chemicals. There's a lot of talk um, and research around minimizing the negative effects that are associated with post-traumatic stress disorder. So can that be genetically modified? And there's a couple of sources referencing the use of CRISPR to modify dog embryos to give them higher muscle mass. So I think this is leading us down the path of the super soldier. The last one is DNA replacement in human embryos. And I am going to read through this one because this is really where a lot of the ethical issues start. The most controversial usage of CRISPR-Cas9 is the modification of human embryo DNA, or, in other words, its use for germline genome therapy. In 2015, a group of Chinese researchers led by Jin Zhu Huang applied CRISPR-Cas9 to remove a mutation that caused B thalassemia, which is a fatal blood disease from the human B globulin HBB gene in the germline of a human embryo. In this research, six abnormal embryos not suitable for in vitro fertilization were used. The mutation could be corrected in only one of the embryos. Although the mutation could be corrected in two other embryos, non-target effects occurred in other genes. In the other three embryos, the mutation could not be corrected. It has been reported that this technique is not ready for clinical usage because of non-target effects on different genes. Modifications that occur in germline cells can be transferred to future generations. Scientists think that they can extract genes that cause disease in the population using CRISPR-Cas9. So that snippet there is very important because a lot of the controversy around genetic engineering has come from this study. One of the embryos was treated correctly, whereas the other ones that were modified had non-target effects. In other words, they had changes that weren't foreseen in other parts of their genome. A little bit scary there. Now let's get into the bioethical issues. Point one, ecological imbalance. In studies using RNA-targeted gene editing methods based on CRISPR-Cas9, non-target effects should be examined in depth. Since gene drift will persist in a population, possible off-target mutations will continue in each generation. In addition, the number and effect of mutations may increase as generations progress. Another concern is the possibility that genes can be transferred to other species in the environment. Transferring the regulated sequences to other species may result in the transmission of negative characteristics to the associated organisms. The distribution of the properties of the entrained genes among the populations can make control very difficult. So that one is all about effects that we can't control that are coming about due to the CRISPR-Cas9 technology and that being passed on to future generations and not being able to stop it. Regulations for consumers. The use of CRISPR-Cas9 to obtain the desired genetic modifications make it very difficult to identify and regulate genetically modified organisms in the market after they leave the laboratory. Therefore, regulatory agencies such as the US Food and Drug Administration, FDA, 
European Medicines Agency, EMA, and others should consider whether any GMOs are suitable for consumers. However, it is not known exactly how to evaluate the possibilities of a growing market with CRISPR-Cas9. One of the dilemmas of CRISPR-Cas9 that concerns all of humanity is patenting, as is known transgenic organisms of industrial use and also some human gene sequences for clinical purposes have been patented. As technologies such as CRISPR continue to evolve, patent-related issues in many areas of biotechnology will continue to increase in the upcoming years. Even today, there are many such cases of patenting. The best-known case is the patent right case between Zhang and Doudna and Charpentier for the therapeutic use of CRISPR-Cas9 in human cells. In the case concluded on the 2nd of December 2016, it was decided to grant the patent to Caribou Biosciences, which Doudna was the founder of. Point number three is genome editing for enhancement. The editing of human germline cells with CRISPR-Cas9, which will be discussed later in more detail, is prohibited for various safety reasons. However, the rate of application of CRISPR-Cas9 to somatic cells is gradually increasing in order to transfer the desired characteristic to our lives. Many phenotypic characteristics have a genetic component independent of the environment. By utilizing this feature, CRISPR-Cas9 can be used to improve the performance of athletes, to prevent violent behavior, or to reduce dependence. Although gene therapy is often used to treat patients for their own benefit, the criminal justice system may require repeater or dangerous offenders to correct the genes associated with violence by genome editing technologies in the future. One of the biggest dilemmas here is to obtain informed consent for an underage person if the intervention is made during the development of the zygote. This will give parents or guardians the right to make decisions on behalf of minors for non-health reasons. Furthermore, when socially assessed, some genetically improved populations or individuals may have some advantages in comparison to others in terms of various features such as mental and physical capacity. Therefore, the use of CRISPR-Cas9 in genome enhancement should be seriously discussed both socially and morally. So that's really the designer baby chat there. Um, whether or not we can edit individuals before they're born. And the one that I hadn't heard, which was interesting, is the use of genetic engineering to modify potentially dangerous behavior. The next one goes through military research. And we did speak about this before. The ideas of editing an individual may cause those um, off-target mutations where you get secondary effects. And another potential issue is the issues around creating biological weapons, which is quite frightening. And I'll just keep reading the next section. Another ambiguous issue that needs to be discussed in military enhancement applications is informed consent. It could be difficult to obtain informed consent forms independently without any interaction among individuals due to military training methods, strict norms, and chains of command. Additionally, some soldiers may have difficulty in understanding the concepts of gene therapy and genome editing, as well as the potential risks and benefits of the application. One important ethical issue is that the use of such technologies will support ongoing inequalities among the military parties. CRISPR is currently an expensive technology. Some developed countries might think of using this technology to further strengthen their defenses and even attack underdeveloped or developing nations. This situation could cause a constant tension, making it difficult to provide an environment of peace and stability worldwide. So the next one's pretty full on. It's generation of chimeric animals for organ transplantation. Organ transplantation is the replacement of an organ that cannot function in an individual's body with a healthy organ from a living donor or cadaver. The primary purpose is to save the life of the patient who is in danger of organ failure. 
and to increase the lifespan and quality of life. The development of chimeric animals may prevent patients from spending precious time waiting for an appropriate donor. Bioethical issues in the generation of chimeric animals arise from the fact that chimeras contain human nerve and germ cells. The two main issues can be summarized as defining the order of nature and the moral disorders caused by how the organism is treated, depending on whether the organism is accepted as human or animal. Some people think that chimeric embryos will affect human dignity and identity because they have the power to develop organisms with human-derived cells and tissues. The others state that chimeric organisms containing human cells cannot turn into humans and therefore will not affect human dignity. They also argue that human-like features imparted to chimeras will neither affect the biological environment nor the moral status of animals and will never reach human consciousness. The next point is related pretty heavily. So animal welfare and dignity. So in the previous one, we spoke about you know chimeric animals. That's animals that have potentially the organs of humans or cells from a human within them. Um, what is the welfare and dignity around the animal? Animal welfare is another bioethical concern encountered during the application of genome editing technologies on animals. First of all, the possibility of off-target mutations in the genome can lead to disease or different side effects in animals. Such a situation will adversely affect animal welfare. The second bioethical issue to be discussed could be the concerns about animal dignity and alterations in their natural environments and physiological needs. Some studies have stated that the use of animals as objects only serving for humans is not ethically or morally acceptable, and such practices can lead to greater control over humans on animals. Some others think that animals are not bound by any moral law, and therefore there is no need for a discussion regarding animal dignity. Schultz-Birgen stated that animal rights, welfare, and dignity will not be adversely affected since these animals will occur through genome editing technologies. The existence of contrary opinions on this matter indicates that the mentioned bioethical issues will be on the agenda for a long time. The final point is CRISPR-Cas9 for human germline cells. And this really gets split up into two main points. The potential for using CRISPR-Cas9 for genome editing in the human germline has raised serious ethical debates. Until 2015, all therapeutic applications in humans were performed in somatic cells using genome editing technologies. However, in 2015, the editing of the human germline performed by Chinese scientist Huang and his team with CRISPR-Cas9 raised new social, moral, and bioethical issues. Bioethical issues caused by genome editing in the germline can be classified into two main topics depending on the success and failure of genome editing technologies. Point 1. Issues that may occur in the failure of germline genome editing. Some of the ethical dilemmas of genome editing in the germline arise from the fact that changes in the genome can be transferred to the next generation. Therapeutic genome editing in somatic cells generally does not cause significant concerns when assessing the risk-benefit balance and the use of informed consent. The application of CRISPR-Cas9 in the germline is considered more problematic because of the risk of causing various mutations and side effects and transferring undesirable changes to future generations. In fact, Huang and his team found that non-target mutations in the genome occurred and the study was terminated earlier than planned. Non-target mutations are unintentional mutations in the genome that may have harmful effects on the organisms, as these mutations can lead to cell death or transformation. Frighteningly, researchers have found that mutations caused by CRISPR-Cas9 in embryos are much more common than in mouse or human adult cells, 
In a study performed with human embryos, it was stated that non-target mutations occurred only in the exon regions and therefore the number of mutations may be higher than expected. Due to the high risk of non-target mutations, some scientists argue that genome editing studies in germline cells should be terminated and its future use should be discussed. Another bioethical dilemma is the cost of germline genome editing. Genome editing is an expensive technology. While families in rich countries may have the power to cover this cost, families in developing countries may not. This situation may cause children born in developed countries to have an unfair advantage in terms of various characteristics, such as intelligence and physical state, compared to children in other countries. CRISPR-Cas9 is based on the use of nuclease enzymes. The nuclease enzymes used may not be as effective as desired and may not be able to cut all copies of the target gene, or the cell may begin to divide before genome editing is complete. As a result, a condition called genetic mosaicism can occur. Genetic mosaicism is the presence of genetically different somatic cell populations in an organism and is often masked. Mosaicism can lead to a major phenotypic change, the formation of fatal genetic mutations, and some genetic diseases such as Downs, Kleinfelter, and Turner syndrome. Therefore, the nuclease cleavage sites should be exactly confirmed and the possibility of mosaicism should be completely eliminated. So mosaicism, guys, just cutting in again, you can think of it as like in an early embryo stage when you might be like eight or so cells. If one of those cells isn't the same as the others, you're going to get some sort of change in a large portion of the organism. So if you're editing cells and you change three of the eight or four of the eight, then you might have affected half of the organism, but you might also cause mosaicism where the individual cells aren't like the rest. One of the important bioethical issues is side effects in embryos. It is pointed out that the possible side effects cannot be predicted before birth and the consequences are not clearly known. Controls can only be performed in a small group of cells. This limitation causes the effects of genome editing on embryos to be unknown and unprevented until birth. In fact, it should be considered that it may take years for many potential problems to emerge. And the next point. Issues that may occur in the successful application of germline genome editing. The first of the bioethical issues of successful germline genome editing is the use for non-therapeutic changes. Such uses will lead to new questions about breeding, eugenics of the human species and its position in the universe. In one study, the fur color of rats was successfully changed by genome editing. It is possible that the skin color of people could be changed in the future. Since characteristics of individuals can be determined by genome editing rather than blood relations, the possibility that children with similar physical and mental health can be born in the same way should be considered. The second bioethical issue is what the fate of children born using genome editing will be. From whom or where informed consent will be obtained in the case of undesirable effects on behalf of genome editing children and whether informed consent will give detailed information are important questions. While clear informed consent can be given for genome editing somatic cells to be used in clinical trials, it is an enigma to whom and how to give precise information about the potential risks involved in germline editing. In December 2015, the International Summit on Human Genome Editing was convened to discuss the social, moral and bioethical issues caused by genome editing in the human germline. The results of the summit concluded that basic and clinical investigations should be continued in accordance with the appropriate legal and ethical regulations. However, genome editing on gametocytes and embryos that would cause hereditary changes in humans was found to be irresponsible. 
It was therefore emphasized that the use of CRISPR-Cas9 on the human germline should be postponed until a solution is found for existing bioethical, social, legal, and technical concerns and issues. In addition, it was agreed to establish an international forum where such concerns could be addressed continuously and the studies in different countries could be organized together. The NIH announced that genome editing studies in human embryos will not be financially supported. In spite of the joint decisions that were made, in February 2016, British scientists were allowed to use CRISPR-Cas9 and similar technologies in the human embryos for research purposes only. In March of 2017, the U.S. National Academy of Sciences and the American Society of Human Genetics published a position statement stating they should be aware of the scientific and bioethical issues that can be caused by germline genome editing, but on the other hand, research should continue. As of January 2020, 24 countries have forbidden genome editing in human embryos by law and nine countries have banned it by guidelines. However, there are countries that do not impose strict prohibitions on germline genome editing. Discussion and future directions. Thanks to its high accuracy, ease of use, and relatively low cost, CRISPR-Cas9 offers a wide range of applications for many people in the medical, agricultural, livestock, and environmental sectors. Furthermore, its precision and accuracy are much higher compared to older technologies, such as ZFN and Talon. The powerful effects of CRISPR-Cas9 have raised many social, moral, and bioethical issues. Discussions have generally focused on the social, bioethical, and legal consequences of using genome editing technology in human germline cells. Scientists generally agree that CRISPR-Cas9 should be allowed for the use in the creation of human disease models and in understanding the development and molecular mechanisms of diseases. However, it should be prohibited for the purposes of eugenics or enhancement. When ethical issues, safety concerns, and application difficulties are considered together, it is predicted that therapeutic genome editing in human embryos will not be possible in the near future. Thus, the risk of hereditary, non-target genetic mutations is higher than possible treatment benefits, and it affects the principle of intentional harm. Nevertheless, it is clear that scientists will apply CRISPR-Cas9 in germline cells in the future, if solutions are found to the issues mentioned here. CRISPR-Cas9 must be fully reliable for therapeutic use in germline cells. Social, legal, and bioethical issues should be discussed in detail. Once genome editing technologies have reached the permissible level of safety for clinical applications in the prevention of genetic diseases. Subsequently, regulatory laws that may eliminate breaches of germline genome editing will need to be reassessed. The therapeutic use of CRISPR-Cas9 and its rapid rise in the medical field are expected to continue. While studies on the use of CRISPR-Cas9 for clinical purposes are continuing, the necessary legal, social, and ethical legislation should be put into practice as soon as possible and the public conscience should not be ignored. On the other hand, the potential effects of CRISPR-Cas9 in other areas should not be forgotten. CRISPR-Cas9 is not just about social and bioethical issues related to people. Interactions with other organisms and the environment, such as the consideration of the principle of intentional harm in risk assessment, safety measures to prevent ecological degradation, or potential use in the genetic enhancement of animals and agricultural products should also be discussed. There are serious concerns about changes in the natural ecosystem that may occur if GMOs produced with CRISPR-Cas9 are released into the ecosystem in a controlled or uncontrolled manner. Considering the application of CRISPR-Cas9 that protects mosquitoes from malaria parasites or make female mosquitoes infertile, the effect of GM mosquitoes on other organisms which they are associated in their ecosystems cannot be predicted. It is clear that small-scale research in the laboratory does not fully reflect possible changes in the natural ecosystem. 
In agriculture, another concern about GMOs produced with CRISPR-Cas9 is whether they will be accepted by the public. Furthermore, the fact that GMOs produced with CRISPR-Cas9 are difficult to identify outside the laboratory raises safety concerns. Before the launch of such products, the necessary explanations and declarations should be made by the authorities in a transparent and clear manner in order to prevent misjudgments and questions that may occur in the public, and precautions and arrangements should be established to ensure the safety of the public. Another issue to consider about CRISPR-Cas9 is patenting. Patenting can considerably limit the application of such technologies. Unilateral patenting can significantly increase the profitability of biotechnology companies which may lead to a rise in bioethical issues. There is a disagreement in the scientific community regarding the patenting or non-patenting of GMOs to be used specifically for therapeutic purposes. However, there are some who think that patenting will help to eliminate and regulate the deficiencies in the field. It should not be forgotten that the most important of these debates about patenting is commercialization and the release of only reliable products. In recent years, deals between the scientific community and the pharmaceutical and biotechnology sectors for therapeutic use of CRISPR-Cas9 have raised public safety concerns. The guidelines and legislations that will regulate the content and applications of these deals should be prepared as quickly as possible and shared with the public. Due to the challenges and bioethical issues of CRISPR-Cas9, the scientific community and other interested bioethical, social, legal and governmental parties should be provided with a detailed guide for future processing and the use of this technology. In this way, a long-term policy can be developed that will support the scientific developments of CRISPR-Cas9 technology, together with the discussion of possible problems in advance and preparation of solution plans. All right, well, that's the end of this article and lots to unpack there, but I hope you got something out of it. And yeah, I'll see you guys next time on the podcast. Bye.